restaurant you get to go to a lot. It's right. like it's just this mind blowing experience, and we're right here in New York, and and, and it's like okay, it's Robin's birthday. We're all getting together. Let's do it. Let's do it right. And then you go, right. and then you know John's ordering the safest thing on the menu. Yeah, I, I, mixed, I, mixed vegetables. Mixed vegetables. There isn't. They have it. They were like, wait a second. Nobody's nobody's asked for that in ten years. Hold on. Okay, I did go in with an open mind. I ate every single course. Yeah. I tried stuff I would never in a million. Yeah, but years it's tried. almost like it's a punishment for you. It's like, oh, I forced myself to try stuff. It's like, dude, you just ate the best but food on the planet. Didn't anything wonderful happen for you? I, like, I thought all the food tasted very, very good. Yeah. And and I get why you would enjoy going to that restaurant. But for me, it's just not what I necessarily love. But I Can wasn't... I be honest? It's because you're a heavy set dude who has completely uh, doctored his palate with heavily salted foods. And, you know, I don't think you are capable of enjoying it that much. That's somewhat true. Yeah. My, my wife was goofing on me because I ordered Parmesan chicken. And she's like, John, that's not a chicken Parmesan hero. Right. <laughs> right. It did look good, though. It was very, very uh, good. Listen, let's what was the deal with the, the corn? What was that? What kind of oh, It's a little baby corn? They, they give you like little tastes of things when you start. So it was like oh, this okay. little baby corn on a skewer. I don't know. I just shoved it in and ate it. It was delicious. <laughs> I eat every. I eat in two seconds. I was so hungry by the time we got there. I usually eat at four thirty. We didn't have the dinner. Well, that six. was the thing for me too. I'm like, this is way beyond my dinner time. I know. Well, I'm th that, that's the earliest I could. You know, we could get in there. <laughs> I know. Yeah. What was that piece of fish next to the baby corn? That was a oh salmon. Wasn't that? Salmon? It wasn't salmon. It was. Um, was something else, but it was like salmon, but it was on like a, a bed of like little sushi rice. Yeah. Was it trout? Trout. Yeah. Was it trout? Yeah. No, maybe it wasn't. No, I, I, I forget what it was. Trout's a white fish. But it wasn't salmon. I was like, well, okay, and I just pounded it down. And man, dude, how good was that? That was very good. Yeah. All right, what's Steve. The, what's the average meal cost? Just out of curiosity. Hey, let me tell you. There's nothing average about that restaurant. Nothing, no, you're going to spend money. You got to save up for that. Yeah. No, well, that, thanks a lot, guys. All right, later. Taking my call. Yeah, bye. No, I dropped a, I, I dropped a nice, nice bit of coin last night. I would imagine yeah, so. Yeah. I'm feeding the fa fa fooey. <laughs> <laughs> wow, fa fa fooey. <clears throat> yeah, James. Hey, Howard. How did John Long's wife look? Were her titties out? Uh, she wasn't wearing a titty dress uh, that I recall. What was your wife wearing? Titties. She looked good, though. She always wears tight-fitting outfits and uh, likes to show off her body. She wore a uh, jumpsuit. Yeah, jumpsuit. That's her thing. I've noticed the last How couple of times. How did he get her? No I think one... he kidnapped her, and she's <laughs> suffering <laughs> Stockholm Syndrome. Actually, uh, w that was the main topic of conversation <laughs> last night at the table. Uh, we were just like, look, John, we all, we all want a good story here. Uh, how'd you get her? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, John was a stud back in his day. You'll, you'll be surprised to know. But uh, John, yeah. you know, John knows how to operate. He got 80 blowjobs uh, in college. I don't know if you know that. I remember. I heard the story. Yeah. Right, John? I'm a very lucky guy, Howard. Yeah, he's lived a full life. How did you get her? Where'd you meet her? In college? We met in college, yeah. yeah. We've been married for 28 years now. Yeah, wow. and, she, and she really takes care of herself. Yes, she is the opposite of me in that sense. But I wouldn't call that outfit a titty outfit that she wore. It was very form-fitting. I mean, but there was no titty, right? A little bit. She wore a, a bandeau underneath it. 
but uh, there was a little bit there. All right. There was a bando involved, whatever that is. <laughs> Jitties. But she, uh, yeah, she stays She stays in shape. I know you were asking her about her exercise regimen, yeah. actually. I was curious. Yeah, he was like, do you do Peloton? <laughs> I was. I'm, you know, I'm consumed with this Peloton. But uh, you know who showed a lot of titty? John, actually. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, James. Hit him with the high. Real quick, King. I got to take a break, and then I want to give Robin another surprise. What is it, King? Just three quick questions. How much was the bill? Come on, come on. Just say the price. That would be gauche. What do you think it was? That's a good that's a good question. I say ten people. I say seven thousand. Oh. That's too low? Uh that's a little high. Yes. Oh but I don't want to get into what it cost me. All right, all right, all right. All right. You know what I mean? I'm trying to be classy over here. As I talk about John Hines' titties. <laughs> he probably went and ate after he left. Yeah, right. He probably drove over to McDonald's. <laughs> I'm hungry. I'll tell you the well, truth. Yeah, tell me the truth. When going there, I was like, okay, if, you know, worse comes to worse and I can't eat anything or I don't enjoy it, I'll go someplace afterwards. We went straight home and we were both very full. Okay. You know what I used to do when I was fat? When I was really heavy. I would eat before I went to somebody's restaurant or something because I knew I wouldn't be able to have enough food. So I would eat a full meal before I'd go. I've absolutely done that. Yeah. Now, the second question is, Robin, just for you, because you're a fellow Leo. My birthday's coming up, too. Now, do you have any black friends? (laughs) Yes, I have black friends. So why do you invite them? <laughs> yeah, Robin. Why were there no black people at the table? I mean, just because Robin's I, I black, she the, has to have. I was the black person at the table. We had one black person at the table. It was Robin. She was the only black person in the restaurant. <laughs> that might be true. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't I didn't... look around for things like that. I'm not a racist. I always look for stuff. Like Although that. I did see several Asians. <laughs> I remember my my parents took me to a restaurant called Aqua V. Oh, I've been there. Yeah, that's a good place. Man, he, he he was so mad at me because I came in with a T-shirt. It was a whole a thing. T-shirt they, to Aquavit? Yo, he was. I never seen my. So he never got mad like that. But that day he was mad. Yeah, of course. What the fuck is wrong with you? He was disgusted. All right, <laughs> but, King. Um, thank you. Fascinating right, story. Third, 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 oh my three, god. Why? Well, um, I find your Instagram. When you're on Beth's Instagram, petting a cat, I found that I find it so soothing looking at you petting a cat. Yeah, it's weird. And I find it soothing. When Beth first got that Instagram, I was like, I don't want to be on any of your Instagram things, but to help the cause to get these cats homes and stuff, I, you know, and now I do enjoy it. I groom uh, my cat, Walter, and she videos it sometimes when I'm doing it. But you don't um, like to show your face. You like no, I don't want to be. I don't want to be on there. I don't like the way I look. I'm not. I said, please leave my face out of this. And the other day, I was wearing shorts, and she was. And I said, some. She was videoing me. And my legs were showing. I went, leave my legs out of this. <laughs> if you want to put my hand in there? That's fine. You're real thin, man. You really. You're very, very thin. I am. I, I might I'm be too thin. Not to like it. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I don't like it. I might be too thin right now. Yeah, yeah. Eat some bread or something. He ate for some bread I, last night. I ate plenty night. last night. You know what's weird? I took a picture with that that um, little guy yesterday, Bagel Boss guy. Yeah. And it's kind of funny. It's me standing next to him, but I didn't I didn't put it out on social media because I'm so fucking thin. 
I look strange <laughs> standing next to this guy. Like, the picture should be a goof on how short he is. Uh-huh. Instead, it's a goof on me and how tall and lanky and ridiculous I look. Oh, like dear. a cadaver. So the goof's on me. How do you like that? How did you, since you used to eat so much, how did you, like, how did you cut all of that shit off? Is it a mind thing? Or it's something? a mind thing, man. Oh, I say to my fat, get away from me. All right, goodbye. <laughs> Enough of him. I got to take a break. I'm getting a note here if I want to stay on time because uh, Whitney Cummings is coming in. Okay. And, we haven't yeah. seen her in a while. Yeah. Yeah. She's promoting a Netflix, but she's another one getting paid by Netflix. I got to ask her how much she got. I didn't see any big announcement. Yeah. Why do they announce some people? Because it's mind-blowing. And not others. Supposedly, like I heard that, like, I don't know for sure. I heard that Seinfeld got, like, $100 million or something from Netflix. What? Heard- Something like that, because they, they bought his whole comedian right, cars catalog. And they and bought uh, the Seinfeld show. No, they didn't get the Seinfeld show, but they got specials, you know, like comedy. Oh, his, he's going to do specials. And Eddie Murphy's getting $70 million. By the way, these are things, these are rumors. These are not confirmed by anybody. Right. What did yeah. Chappelle get? He, he got a $1 billion. <laughs> <laughs> they just hand out money over there like it's water. <laughs> All right, we'll be back right after these words. <laughs> I actually have a couple of birthday surprises for Robin, but um, one of them is a birthday phony phone call. Oh, yeah? Starring Robin, yes. It's one of the stupidest phony phone calls I've ever heard, but yet I laughed the whole time I listened to it. (laughs) I thought it was really funny. The stupider, the better. Stupid. This is ultimate stupid, but funny. Phony phone call starring Robin in honor of her birthday. And uh, we call it Your Refrigerator is Running. And here it is for you, Robin. So enjoy it. Hello. Hello. Is your refrigerator running? Uh, yeah. Better go catch it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Who who are you? I'm Robin Quivers. I don't know you. Okay. Is your refrigerator running? I done told you once or twice. <gasps> Are you kidding me? It ain't running on outside, but it's running on the inside. Better go catch it. <laughs> uh, do you want anything or not? Yes. Okay. Okay. Is your refrigerator running? I done told you once. I ain't going to keep moving with you. Better go catch it. <laughs> hey, I'm not going to keep on over and over and over. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Is your refrigerator running? Oh, you come on. Just come down there and look at him and then you'll talk about it. You escaped the loony bin. (laughs) That laugh is the best. Oh, my. Isn't that a great call? I mean, there's no reason for that call. The guy's great. I know why guys, like, they hear, like, a sexy-voiced woman, and they think they're going to get laid. <laughs> they That's, stay with it. They stay with it, you know? Because you're like, why would a guy keep staying on, like, it's probably like, wow, she's a little bit kooky. Maybe, who knows, maybe I'll get something off her. Uh, I do have to mention this before I forget, because this is just so good on so many levels. There's a um, a new uh, group put together. And remember we had on uh, Brandy Carlisle? Yes! 
Yeah. Oh, yes. You are talking about the all-female supergroup? Yeah, they named themselves after, there was a group called the Highwaymen in country music. It was like Willie Nelson or, I don't know who the hell was in the Highwaymen, but I'm not a big country aficionado, but they they started a group called the Highwaymen. It was, it's um, Marin Morris who was in here, that Mm -hmm. sex pot, who's so good, Brandy Carlisle, and then these two other women. And they started a band called the High Women. High Women. High Women. I thought they should have been the Highway Women. <laughs> but they're the High Women, which made it seem like it was a drug thing, you know? The High Women. But it's a country supergroup formed by Brandy Carlisle, Marin Morris. The other two women are Amanda Shires and Natalie Hemby. And they're a big deal if you're into country music. I don't know them, but they're really talented. And so uh, they, they, you know, they, they said, hey, we're going to uh, come by your studios for your new app and we'll record a bunch of songs exclusively for the Howard Stern. Wow. Show. Yeah, because they like us. And it's such good video. It's fucking unbelievably good. Marin Morris is wearing those hot pants again with that belly shirt where you can see her stomach. <laughs> and it is captivating. Not only is the music great. And Brandy Carlisle does it for me. I mean, there's a sexual element to this. And Brandy is lesbian, and I sometimes think maybe all four of them get it on. Oh, my God. I had sexual fantasies even during <laughs> your video. And Marin Morris is incredibly sexy. And I can't imagine that Brandy Carlisle doesn't want to just. Mar- uh, Brandy is married, isn't she? No. The heart <laughs> wants what the heart wants. <laughs> I have all kind of things going on in my head about this super group. But the high women is due out next month, so and and I should remind people, Brandy Carlisle and Marin Morris have appeared on our show. Uh Marin came on and sang her uh, hit song The Middle. Yes. Which was nominated for three Grammys and I love that song. She was here in May and she performed this song, just so you remember. <laughs> She makes me nuts. What a singer. What a singer, right? And what a look. Like her whole thing, Marin Morris, is like, you know what? I'm hot and I'm going to, you know, in country, like it was kind of looked down upon because she wears hot pants and those that little belly shirt. And she's like, you know what? I'm not going to be shamed. And I go, honey, you are so right. You should not <laughs> For be shamed. For once you're on a, yeah. a girl's side. Oh, my God. <laughs> Do not shame this woman. You, you know, Why would you shame her? It is so unbelievable when she's running around singing like an angel in hot pants that's my new song i'm gonna record with rick rubin angel in hot pants. angel in hot pants <laughs> it's about Marin morris you're my angel in hot pants you embellish sure people shame you for your look and i say fuck them <laughs> i've already written it 
I just got to get in studio. With Rick. With Rick and bare feet. <laughs> um, Maren Morris, when she was on her show, actually talked about forming the high women. If you remember. Here's yes, what, she did. Yeah. The Highway Men, which was Willie and Waylon and yeah. Johnny Cash and Chris Christopherson, was just these four friends coming together to make music. They all had separate careers, but this was just like a passion project for them. And so we have formed the High Women and it's just us writing about what we want to write about. And um there's been a pretty severe drought of women in country music being played on the radio the last. And a severe drought of women in hot pants. <laughs> 10 years and so i think we're just trying to show that women can support other women and not be cutthroat and um i love that i like this whole band wait till you see it on the app that's my point because uh brandy carlisle's in it too if you remember she was on our show she performed her grammy award song the joke yes this one won two grammy awards but she was so good on our show well, So you got to figure anything they get together and do would be awesome, right? Mm-hmm. And these other two women, Natalie Hemby and Natalie Hemby is a songwriter. She's written five number one country hits for like Miranda Lambert and Casey Musgraves. And then this other woman, Amanda Shire, she plays the violin and sings. They all sing. Everybody's so fucking talented. And she won a Grammy. And, uh, her husband is some a guy named Jason Isbell. You're a fan of his, right? Fred? Huge fan. Went yeah. to see him at the Beacon with Steve Brandano. Quite a show. What was Steve Brandano singing? <laughs> I'm not <laughs> sure what Steve was singing. <laughs> but um, so anyway, we had them come down here and for the app exclusively on the Howard Stern show part of the app. Uh, they're here in the studio, all four ladies, and then that guy um, Jason Isbell's in it too. He played on this as yeah, well. Yeah, he's playing guitar, I think. Yeah. And it's fabulous to watch. And the ladies look great. And, and uh, I have to say, I they, they did a cover version of The Chain. Uh-huh. And it's so much fun to watch. It real. I mean, first of all, you know that, that, that uh, Maren Morris is parading around in that little <laughs> skimpy outfit. And, it's, and then she's so talented. To be that good looking and that talented, the same with Brandy. It's crazy. It's not even fair. <laughs> but I watched it like five times right before dinner last night, Robin. Wow. Yeah, the high women doing the chain. Want a little preview? I would like yeah, that. Yeah, listen to this. One, two, three. See, she, the woman's got that violin. Wait till they open their mouths and start singing.
that cool move where they trade off, you know, leads and yeah. stuff? Yeah. Run in the shadows, damn your love, damn your lies. And if you don't love me now, you will never love me again. I can still hear you saying you would never break the chain. And if you don't love me now, you will never love me again. It's all free, by the way, if you if you have a subscription. And it is fascinating. The sexual energy in the room is incredible. I picked up on the it. sexual energy. Yeah, yeah, that's right. This Marin Morris is charging around. There wasn't creativity. There was sexual energy. It was creativity, <laughs> but more sexual energy. <laughs> Ladies are also talented. It should be like one big coven. <laughs> anyway, it's awesome. I'm telling you, you will watch it over and over again. Keep us together. And then they do a new song called uh, Redesigning Women that they wrote. I mean, it's, it, they did three songs for us. It's awesome. The third song I'll play for you later. Okay. Uh, because it's about Robin, actually. Get out of here. Yep, they wrote a song for you. 
And I will debut that before the news later on this morning in honor of your birthday. <laughs> it's an unbelievable song that they did. Uh, you will be shocked. You will be shocked. I will be shocked if this is true. <laughs> you will scream like Benji. <laughs> <laughs> what is that from, Fred? Sharknado. Oh, right. I guess something was falling from the sky. Yeah. And... Well, shark. <laughs> well, you know what? You would scream that way, too, if you saw sharks falling out of the sky. I might just be running instead of screaming. <laughs> he is like uh, the Brando of uh, Sharknado. <laughs> he steals that movie. <laughs> I got to take a break. We'll come back. I guess you've got a ton of things to do. And then, oh, Whitney Cummings is stopping by, too, to promote her Netflix special. Okay. Where she'll hopefully reveal how much she was paid for. Uh, everybody there gets at least $50 million for a special. Well, I hope she's not upset when you when she hears that. No, no. It seems to me everything I read <laughs> is like $50 million. Uh, We'll be back right after this. Nationwide, the nationwide fantasy baseball talk show. Somebody's on the line with us. Let me let me bring him in. Hello, is the caller there? How you doing, bub? I'm real good. How you doing? How about them Royals, bub? The Royals. What do you think about them Royals? Woo! <laughs> oh shit! You're a big Royals fan. Yeah, them Royals. Well, they was ahead three or two. Good, you know who they brought in? Good old Soria. Yeah, that's about all. It was real nice to have you on, my friend. Just going to tell you about this chicken we got now. It's a rooster. Anyway, it's screwing bottles and cans like our... Well, years ago, we had another one do that, but it's screwing everything everything it can now. Bottles and cans and stuff. Yeah. Seeing how dumb he was, we... Called him Shithead. You're killing me, man. That's his name, I guess, is Shithead. We'll see how he acts. I'm going to just quit wasting the show's time on this. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Uh, no idea who the hell it was. I know who that was. That was Richard's father. Hey, oh. It's so great. There's so much fallout from your party. Oh, my God. What's going on? John says, he, John Hines says he's out there in the office and no one will look at him. Oh. They're all upset with him. I go, what did you do? You didn't do anything. Uh, really? Nobody will look me in the eye. <laughs> Actually, except Will. Will did. Will Other did. than Will. Jeez. I looked you in the eye, too. Calm down. I'm like, what? Who's that, JD? I, yeah, I looked him in the eye. It's fine. He did? You don't look anyone in the eye. Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> nothing new there. I'm like, I'm sorry I got invited. You did nothing you know, what did I, wrong. What did right. I do here? You know, Robin, when it comes to you, it's so controversial that people won't let you have things. They don't want you even having a birthday party. They get upset. <laughs> I guess not. People are vying to be at your birthday party. Well, anyway. John, but they're I'm sorry. not taking it out on me, though. Oh, no, they're afraid. They're of taking it out on John. Oh, yes. right. Happy birthday, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry it's not working out so well for you. Hit him with the hind.
Hey, so uh, as I said, uh, Whitney Cummings is here, and uh, Whitney's very beautiful, of course, Robin. You yeah. know that, and uh, she a lot of sexual tension. There's a lot of <laughs> when she walks in. There's a lot of sexual tension. <laughs> She's very beautiful. I've often said to Whitney, it's hard to be beautiful and to be in stand-up comedy because a lot of comics um, either want to fuck her. I'm talking about guys. Or oh, you the, mean the guys? And the female comics are jealous of her looks. Do you and, think? No, I know. It. This is his wow. perception when he's hanging out with the girls. Really? Yeah, no, I, you know I'm right. Don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. You, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know what the problem is? I spend too much time looking at comment sections where people say that I look like Steve Buscemi and shit. <laughs> so. Oh, oh, yeah, but you know what? I go on Daily Mail. Oh. And it is amazing. Yeah, I'm on there every what's, day. What's Daily Mail what is that got to the, do with it? Is that New York Post? I'll tell no. you what it has to do with it. They always have pictures of incredibly hot women, like yeah. Emily Ratajkowski, right. or this one or that one. Yeah. And then I read the comments, and it's like, yeah. she's ugly, she looks like a boy, she looks like a horse, she looks like a fucking cow. Like, I would never fuck her. Yeah, I would never oh, fuck really? oh, I can smell her. Really? I can smell her through the pictures. Oh. She's disgusting. Oh, look at that, you know. And it's like, I'm like, if they think she's ugly... Then nobody's good looking. I mean, I, 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 she is so hot. She's un- unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I've seen her. Have you hot. seen her in person? It's shocking. Never. I've never seen her in person. It's shocking. But she's super hot. I it's mean, you, you can't write. She smells and she looks ugly. Well, I would imagine that's just people that are. That's the narrative they need to believe in order to justify yeah, their she's frustration. Not real. Yeah, yeah, it's like they don't. It, you know, I remember one time I was in this meeting and. Um, in show business and it was a casting meeting and it was in a big Hollywood agency and they do these casting meetings where they put photos of famous actresses over this projector and it's every A-list gorgeous actress that we all know they go by and all these agents when the photo went up just went ugh she's busted next hot gorgeous girl ugh she's ice cold she has no value in the marketplace ugh she's getting and I remember just being like none of these women would fuck any of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's so great about that, about being in casting and being an agent, is that you have like that power That's right. to say how ugly they are and get back at all the women who won't fuck you. I told you, well, I don't think I've ever told you this story. One time I was in a Hollywood agency. It was my first meeting with a Hollywood agent, and I was maybe 23 at my best right. looking. No, <laughs> listen, I've seen you in various times in bathing suits. I've seen you in our personal life. You know, I'm friendly with you. And you're very hot. I mean, you have a very good look. And you know, in comedy especially, everyone's like, oh, hot chicks can't be funny and all this fucking attitude. So I'm sure you've heard the, the I whole... I feel like it's changing a little bit, yeah. you know. But I remember this guy, this agent said to me, he was like, you know, you'll never be the lead of a TV show. You're too quirky and your face is asymmetrical. Wow. <laughs> Which is true. You. I, Which I is true. It is true. It's fine. What does it's, that mean? I have crooked nostrils. I get this note oh, yeah. a lot. I, I noticed that. Yeah. I yeah. Somebody <laughs> writes that to you. What are you supposed to do about that? I know. There's nothing I can really change. <laughs> about it so you'll um, never be a lead because but i mean you'll never be a lead because yeah. you're too quirky and i remember looking he looked like the remember the floating ball in big trouble in little china yeah, yeah. like the big like just blob of fat <laughs> that's what he looked like and i remember looking at him being like if you came up to me at a bar i would literally call the police but in this <laughs> building you get to just talk to me like this yeah, weren't you um wasn't there a story years ago where harvey weinstein <laughs> wanted to meet with you like in a way this you kind of um avoided the dodged whole that bullet yeah you dodged that bullet. well here's what tell I, me how this all came about this is wild because there was a roast for quentin tarantino at the friars club and i feel like you might have been there 
You know what? I believe I might have been. I went to one roast there or something because my agent used to ask me to go to those things and watch, you know, sit in the audience. And these are the ones that are not televised. Right. I might have been there. I think I know I went to one for Matt Lauer years ago. Oh, that's right. Because Matt's a friend and all that kind of stuff. So it was like, yeah, it it was that kind of thing. So that was this was my first roast with like Hollywood people. I was maybe 25 years old. Right. And I get the list of everybody that's on the dais. And by the way, let's say that's how I really became super aware of your talent. The roast. You were always so oh, good at you. it, right? I mean, no, you really were. What you do had, you make of the roast today? Like, can, there's one that's about to happen. Like, who you, is it going to be? Alec Baldwin, I think. See, though, you see, I would not be good roasting people. Yeah. Because like, I know Alec. Yeah. And I like Alec a lot. Yeah. I think he's, he's a terrific so guy and super talented yeah, and, and so really charming. He's so good with you, too, on the and show. I, and I would feel funny, like, goofing on him. I think it, it's it's like the climate we're in where it's like everything now is offensive to everybody. Right. But also, yeah, it's like I really like doing it when no one had any idea who I was. And it was just like, who's this? You know, but now I feel like I would get my feelings hurt. <laughs> you wouldn't do you wouldn't do a roast now, right? You, are you out of the roasting business? I, no, I would. Like I was I was torn about the Alec Baldwin one. I was they like, asked I, you to do it. Yes. And you said no. Well, I just was like, mm, I don't know. It's is this a climate where we can do it anymore? I mean, it feels like people are getting canceled over their tweets from five years ago. I know, you know? but I know. maybe you know the kind of shit we used to say. Remember the Joan Rivers roast? I literally opened with, uh, "Hey Joan, I loved you in the Wrestler." <laughs> like today, that would be like you're shaming women yeah, for you're shaming her Yeah, looks. it would be something. I mean, remember the? I, uh, I think you were at this roast. Uh, the last joke I said for her was Joan Rivers is so old, her vagina has a separate entrance for black cocks. <laughs> <laughs> like we just were able to say shit like that. Like we. Yeah, now you would be considered racist because you're doing a segregation. Oh joke. my god, totally. I'm like, but no, it's a history it's, joke. It's, no, it's about her con. <laughs> no, it's a, get it. It's <laughs> yeah. a commentary. You can't do that anymore. But um, but. I don't know, maybe the roasts are the last place you actually can still joke around. So you were making a point about the Quentin Tarantino roast mm-hmm. and Harvey Weinstein, blah, 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 well, blah. Well, Harvey Weinstein and Brett Ratner were both there. This was, what, 10 years ago? And I remember I was like, okay, Harvey Weinstein and Brett Ratner, like, these are the two people that can make or break your career in Hollywood. Like, right. it was just, they were the scariest, most ominous, like, uh, like powerful men. And, and you're 23 and thinking, well, if I'm, I could get to know these guys, maybe they could do something for you. I'm a kid. I mean, I just was like, you know, and I had written all these jokes about them. But at the last minute, I chickened out saying them because I was too afraid. Like, these guys will ruin my career. Like, that's what all I heard was like, these guys, if you get on their bad side, like your career, not that I had a career to ruin. Like there's an Illuminati where they get together in a room and say, you know what? She was cunty to me on the roast and I'm not going to help her out and I'm going to ruin her career. Totally. And meanwhile, it's kind of true. Well, yeah, I mean, I was on VH1. I mean, what were you going to ruin? But like, I just, you know, I was so scared that I didn't do them. And then I was just thinking about it and I was like, oh my God, I have all these jokes. What were the jokes <laughs> you were going to, I know you have that them. That I never got to tell, <laughs> yeah. so I brought them. These <laughs> were the Harvey Weinstein. Now, this was before any of this stuff came out about him. It was so wild because mm. there were like rumors that they slept with actors. Like I had right. heard that. I'd heard that too. You know, but yeah. it's the kind of thing where you were like, oh, well, if this is true, someone would be doing something about it. Right. Like it didn't occur to anyone that this was like untoward, you know, whatever. Right. But anyway, so I wrote all these jokes about them. I panicked at the these last These are the minute. jokes that you never did about Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> now, now I can because what the can. fuck are they going to do to me? Oh, no, they'd be happy to talk <laughs> to you. Fucking come for me, bitches. Right. Yeah. Now what? All right, let me hear it. Okay. Um, 
Okay, Brett Ratner. Oh, yeah, I never did this one. Uh, Brett Ratner. Everyone in Hollywood says you have to blow Brett Ratner to get into one of his movies. I'd blow Brett Ratner if we'd get him to stop making movies. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. People make fun of Brett Ratner. They say he's a bad director. That's not true. Right now at Barnes & Noble, they actually have a whole rack dedicated to Brett Ratner movies. It's called Clearance. <laughs> that would now be a barnesandnoble.com joke, but this was 10 years ago, guys. Um, Brett Ratner will not only take his place next to great directors like Quentin Tarantino and Martin Scorsese, he's also taken their ideas, techniques, and style. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of Hollywood. Oh, see, this is fucking crazy that I was writing jokes about this. Let's see. Lots of Hollywood actresses have fucked Brett Ratner at least twice once to get in his movies and once to get out. <laughs> That was the narrative was like the actresses used him to get in movies. Right. That's what people would say. Right. About but meanwhile, these guys. I get why you were afraid to do these because <laughs> these guys seem kind of mean and vindictive in a way that maybe. Terrifying. Yeah. And like they could actually really kind of keep you out of some stuff. Well, yeah, totally. Whereas yeah. it's weird because when I did the Trump roast, I remember he kind of liked it. Right. I think he, as long as you're talking about him, it doesn't matter what you're saying. I wonder if he really liked it or he was just like, someone told him to be a good sport because he really does have a thin skin, Donald. I was shocked he even put it, put up with that or even allowed it. I think on some level he knew that Hollywood people putting him down is a way to get up. Up. You did that roast? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember. Re- yeah, I'm you trying. You were there, to- I think. No, I wasn't at any oh, of those. Really? I've never actually. The only time I would go is sometimes to those friars roasts where yeah. it was closed and there was no cameras. Yeah, the Donald Trump one was wild. I was surprised mm-hmm. by how sense of like much of a sense of humor he had about it. But then I remember thinking, God, this guy is so good at TV. Like he knows what makes good TV. Right. And he knows. And he how knows to partic- he can't look offended. That's right. right that's right. He knows that he's going to win as long as he laughs at everything. Yeah. It felt strategic. It felt smart. What'd you have about Harvey Weinstein? Um, okay. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino's movies are violent, bloody, and sometimes leave a bad taste in your mouth, which also describes my last audition for Harvey Weinstein. Oh, there you go. But, like, did I, why would I, the fact. Because you were aware on of the, some level of the rumors about him. Everyone had heard that it was some weird shit with him, but. No one quite knew what it was. But if it was true, we wouldn't be writing jokes about it. Like, it wouldn't be funny if that was right, true. Right. So it was like the fact that I wrote these jokes are nuts. Like, oh, and then I just <laughs> went after his appearance. Harvey Weinstein. What can I say about Harvey that hasn't already been covered by a Lipitor commercial? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, you're fat. Right. That's good. <laughs> um, rumor has it that Harvey Weinstein is a total creep with women. Apparently, the only famous woman you haven't forced yourself into a relationship with is Jenny Craig. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. I mean, that's basically that a, a rape joke. Don't I mean, you wish you had um, yes. done those now that you look yes. back on it? Yes. The yeah. fact that I was too scared. I mean, that's a testament to how scary these guys were. I was too scared to do jokes about them. I know. Isn't that weird? We were all walking on eggshells. It was like, you don't piss these guys off. Like, maintain the status quo. Wow. Wild. Yeah. And I didn't, I mean... What was the... Oh, you got more? Oh, yeah. I could listen listen to these These all all fucking day. I love them. Harvey Weinstein sleeps with so many actresses. Planned Parenthood took out ad space on his taint. (laughs) That's good. I mean, what? Oh, that's great. It's crazy. Brett Ratner has slept with so many women. He doesn't have the clap. He has the applause. Do you write these all yourself? Yeah. Wow. Remember, I used to write for the roasts before I I was on them. Yeah. I know. 
It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Well, these are old. Now that I'm reading them, I'm like, these are a little hokey. But what, this what's was the 10, process, 10 though? years ago. I mean, it must be it must be laborious sitting there and writing for a roast. It is, but there's something fun. There's a lot of math in roast jokes, you know? What do you mean by that? It's a lot of like, okay, like I think of like 10 things about Howard, and then I think about like, you know, what 10 things going on in the news, and then you just find ways to connect them, you know? Yeah, but I mean, that seems natural and mathematical to you. Because first of all, people, I don't know how many people remember, but like you were a really good student. You were a oh, University yeah. of Pennsylvania graduate, which is a super hard Ivy League school to get into. Uh-huh. So the fact that you see jokes like math and putting things together, probably not every comedian sees that. Maybe. I mean, I think there's also just a level of, of um, bad childhood <laughs> you have to have. Like, my family, that's how we talk to each other. We, it was passive-aggressive insults always. And that's how we communicated. We would roast each other. And that's how we showed love to each other. I'm not saying it's healthy, but I think from, like, a young age, I kind of learned how to do that. I have a question to ask you about your father's death. But first, I want to finish with Harvey Weinstein. So uh, what was the story where... Didn't Harvey want to meet you backstage somewhere? He came after that. That whole night was a disaster. So why after? Why was it a disaster? This night afterwards, they invited me to dinner with them, and it wasn't. I don't think any. I don't think anything like after the Quentin Tarantino roast. roast, I went to dinner with everybody there, and went and ended up sitting next to Quentin Tarantino. Harvey Weinstein was like on my right. He didn't really talk to me that much. I feel like maybe I was like too old for him at 25 uh but believe me i'm sure you fit the profile of what he wanted he was playing hard to get right but you know why you might have been a little bit threatening to him because you know because you're a comic and you're smart and Mm. you're funny like Mm. maybe he was used to going after like people he saw as more vulnerable like you yeah. might have been able to like yeah maybe you might have been able to do dick jokes when he pulled his pants down or something yeah, to- maybe, yeah, intimi- I, maybe intimidated him or something was, in a weird way and i think i always had such a wall up from being a female comic at that time you right. had to sort of like neuter yourself and not right. have any sexual energy so i was kind of used to like putting walls up right but i do remember that that night was a disaster because they invited me to dinner and that was at a time where I hadn't met a lot of celebrities. Like, I was really starstruck by Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. And he ordered a bunch of sushi, like, really exotic sushi. And one of the things was an um, octopus leg. It's so gross. It's fucking gross. But I'm such a big fan of Quentin Tarantino. I right. was just trying to make him like me the whole time. And uh, at this point, I would put... This was when you would put anything in your mouth to right. get a director to like you. <laughs> yes. And so he was like... Uh, he was like, oh, here, have one of these. You know, he's very like, you know, his brain moves very yeah. fast. And I was just and I mean, Natural Born Killers is my favorite movie. Like right. I was so nervous. And uh, so I put this octopus leg in my mouth. I can't even say it. And I instantly started gagging. <laughs> I grew up poor. I've never had seafood in my life at this point. And I, I was like, you got to swallow this. You got to just swallow it. And I swallowed the octopus leg whole. Oh. And I was like gagging. I was like, oh. you know, those gagging where you're like, oh. and then I looked over. And he said something to me, and it just regurgitated oh. out of my mouth. Like it was like you vomited. It, it it was like just like a like it just came right out. Like, I it, like it slid out of your throat. S- slid up out of my throat like yeah. a full gag reflex, and I caught it in my hand. <laughs> and he was like, "Did you just puke?" And I was like, "No, I I literally pretended it didn't happen, right. and I was holding it in my hand. I was so nervous. It was fucking the most embarrassing moment of my life." And he was just like, "What are you doing?" Like he he saw the whole thing and it what was, happened with harvey that night well that was a couple nights later i was at the comedy store in la and i had just gotten off in the main room and the manager at the time came uh came out 
and was like, I need to talk to you. And I was like, I'm running to another set. I can't. He called me and he was like, Harvey Weinstein's here. You got to get back here right now. He wants you back here. And I was like, uh, mm. I'm going to another set. And I literally didn't go back because I was like, oh, the lighting in the comedy store is really bad. Oh, so you were thinking like if he's thinking of you for a project. I know. I was like, I, like my vanity no. probably saved you. protected me from whatever nightmare that was going to be. I was like, no, he saw me in a good spotlight. Like I should just stop while I'm ahead. And wonder he, what he wanted you for. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think I know. Ooh. I think I know. Yeah. But, hey, you know, vanity saved you. you did. It, it really did. Knowing My how hungry you were in show business, I'm no. surprised you just didn't go immediately. Because when he you know, when he calls, you run. I'm, I, I would I'm so, you know me, I'm so right. awkward and weird. I would have ruined it. My yeah. personality would have ruined the whole thing. Yeah. Wow. That, that's some story, too. The fact that you wrote all those jokes, but were afraid to do it. I was terrified. And I remember sitting there, because, you know, at a roast, you're sitting there and, like, other people are doing jokes and if they do a premise close to yours you're crossing them off so you're running out of jokes as you're sitting there you right, know and right. so to be and i just remember being like it's fine you're a comic like they can't stop you like i had I this inner monologue and then i was just like you're never going to be in movies if you say that harvey weinstein has herpes don't do it yeah, right <laughs> like, no i get it i'm like fuck i wish i had just done it didn't you did, was it true that you knew about les moonves before the story happened because wait your show was on your show was on nbc but two broke girls was on cbs the one you was wrote. on cbs i didn't it's weird i didn't know anything about i mean look there were always like jokes like the it was always jokes any powerful man would be like oh well bring your knee pads to the audition right. i mean we always made jokes about stuff like that but nobody that i knew really knew that it was this yeah, les took me by sinister. surprise i, didn't I was that. i was surprised but i do have I do think that there are certain personality traits that the way you do anything is the way you do everything. And I, the one thing about Les Moonves that I had experienced is I was at this, um, there's this really fancy beach in uh, Malibu. Um, where all, you know, the one where all the really fancy houses are like Jeffrey Katzenberg yeah. and all these, and, but it's a public beach. Yeah, I've seen that. This sounds yeah. like your nightmare. Well, no, it's a public beach and those guys freak out because people want to use the beach, but they, they think they've got their billion dollar homes and they don't want people and walking And then they've there. got like a Quincenera in front yeah. of their house. Right. <laughs> you've it's got crazy. a $50 million house and then you got some homeless people taking a shit right, right in front of your property. And <laughs> then, awesome. and then the beach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, so they're all trying to get the laws changed and they can't. And one, one time I was walking down that beach because a friend of mine lives at the end of it and I see these orange traffic cones and I'm like, oh, they must be like doing construction or something, building a house. And I'm like, what, what is that? And they're like, no, 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 that's just Les Moonves. And I was like, what, what does that mean? What do you mean? And I walk closer and I see that Les Moonves is sitting in a, like a chair, a beach chair surrounded by orange traffic cones. <laughs> To, to, How do you get to do that? I don't know, but like he has his own traffic cones to keep the the riffraff away from him. And I as much as we're laughing about it, I'm, you're giving you me would idea. totally yeah, do that. Right, yeah, That's like such that. a Howard. Like you get that. But you would, no, never would live, never live. You would never live there. No, I would never ever do something like so that. I had to go up to him and like hassle him. I was like, "Let's. What are you? What is yeah, this? Like, what are you doing?" And it was so clear. He was like, "I'm in here, and they." Are out there. Oh. So by the way, when I if I saw those traffic cones, I would have been fuck you. I'm walking right through. Totally, them. but it's yeah. also I love the idea that like he has all the money in the world. He was the most powerful man in Hollywood, but his view was shitty Home Depot traffic cones and then the ocean. Right. And I remember just thinking, God, <laughs> these guys will never be happy. It's like this is your view. Yeah. It was, but it just said so much to me about the way his brain right worked. operates. Yeah. 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 It's so it's so crazy. Yeah. 
that show, uh, Two Broke Girls, how many seasons did I have on TV? Oh, the God, one you we wrote? did five seasons. Five seasons. About? Yeah. And it's in five syndication, six, It's right? in syndication, yeah. So you must be, you could probably retire just on that, right? Oh, God, I wish. I wish I... <laughs> Don't you get a lot of checks for just that? I do. I did get a lot of checks, up, but you know, by like taxes, it's never as much as you think. And right. I had I had two parents have strokes without health insurance. Oh. Going to ICU without health insurance. That is no joke. Nice of them to not get health insurance. Yeah, thank insurance. you so much. Yes. Um, so you had to foot all the bills. The I mean, because mm-hmm. hospital bills are insane. I see. I had an ICU bill that was sixty five thousand dollars. Oh my god! Like crazy. That I, and then family members going to rehab, and I was in debt when I started making money, so I had to pay off a lot of my own shit. And do you get angry that you pay those things? Like, don't you like your anger? Like you you have to do it because you're a good daughter or a good yeah. you know sister. But yeah. at the same point, you just sit there and go, fuck, why is this falling on me? What what do you do without me? It does make me resentful sometimes, like, because I think like, I think you ha- can't look at it as a loan or borrowing. You no. It has to be a gift. Right. Right. Like yeah. you can't expect anyone to pay you back. They can't. But I do find as soon as you loan someone money, it ruins your relationship. It does. And it's so ironic because I think I thought it's what was going to fix my relationship with my family. Like, oh, my God, I can finally solve all our problems and we'll have money. And da-da. and it just poisoned them even worse. Why? Because Ugh. they got jealous or because they. Because I think that I think giving at least in my case, giving someone money, they then feel like you're lording power over them that you don't even necessarily want. Right. You know, you're like, I'm just trying to solve your problem. And then they're like. Oh, well, because you just paid for something. Now you think you're better than me. And you're like, no, I don't like it, it just it toxifies everything. Yeah. It makes it a little bit poisonous, I think. It's weird because like in some way you probably feel good about Les Moonbez because he's the reason. Isn't that show? That show was on CBS, right? Yeah, that show was on CBS. Yeah, and yeah, he yeah. was probably the champion of that show. Yeah, and- Well, it was Nina Tassler who was who was running the network at the time, who was awesome. She was a waitress till she was like 27. So she got the thing right away. A lot of people did not get two broke girls like we went into a network. Network, and one of the heads of the network, who was a guy, said, um, love the idea. Can it be two boys? <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah. Like, so, so, but yeah, but Les was the head of the studio at the time. Right. And I think he got it. I mean, Cat Dennings and Beth Bears and waitress uniforms. He got what it. I was going to say about your dad dying mm-hmm. is that uh, this story kind of, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. You, you were really upset, yeah. you, of course, and, you know, brought up a lot of feelings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you decide to take an ayahuasca trip in order to <laughs> deal with your depression, I guess, or horrible feelings. No. But why would you think that you could self-diagnose and figure <laughs> out that ayahuasca would give you the cure? I, I don't get that thinking. <laughs> I know you don't. And I think you're really smart yeah. and, and, and I, I, I admire you. Yeah. But then you go ahead and say, I know what I'll do to cure myself. I'll take ayahuasca. <laughs> You were the one who said she went to a great school. Yeah, she did. I guess that school left out some stuff like that. I don't get it. But you couldn't handle the grief. Yeah. And then, so what happened when you took the ayahuasca? Did it solve your problem? It. I did puke a lot. (laughs) The first time was mostly puking. You haven't done it. No, no. I feel like you would never do it. I would never do. You know, back in the day when I was a young man, Uh I took everything on the planet. I did acid. I tried I heroin. I did. I did coke. I did. Every I cannot drug. picture you on cocaine. I did every drug and decided it wasn't for me. Did you like any of them? I I I liked quaaludes. I liked any kind of uh, sedative. I hear those are and great. I think I could have gotten addicted because I had no money, but they were twenty five cents a, a quaalude. <laughs> they were called Sopers or seven forty sevens, and I would take those regularly, uh, and especially like um, every day. 
Not every day, uh-huh. but I, I took them quite a bit. But if I had had more money, I think I could have become addicted to yeah. them. Yeah. I could see why people get addicted to these opioids and mm. things. So, like, you know, I was experimental with drugs. And then, I, in a way, I just said, oh, my God, I almost I hate them all. I yeah. hate all drugs. I just hate the way I feel after, too. Yeah. But the ayahuasca, you didn't yeah. have any kind of cosmic experience. You just threw up. It was, I threw <laughs> <laughs> I threw up. Look, I was in so much pain when my when my dad died, which was unexpected. I just death. I I hadn't gone through it, and it was very freak, and it was very sudden. And it but was, you didn't like him, did you? I like you know we had a very complex, like any one, right? Very complicated relationship, right. and I think I was obsessed with him and obsessed with us having a relationship that we just weren't capable of having. Right, you know, it's right. just we couldn't get there and i think that when he died i had sort of an existential crisis because i realized everything i've done was to get his approval and love that's why you went into comedy so yeah oh my god all i wanted to do was ever make him laugh was he funny so funny my dad looked exactly like dan Aykroyd, and everyone thought he was dan Aykroyd. and i remember he used to sign autographs when i was a kid as dan Aykroyd. as dan Aykroyd. and i never i always thought my dad was dan Aykroyd until i was like 13 and i was like (laughs) oh you asshole um but he just thought it was so funny and and he was hilarious and um so you so you do the ayahuasca to get uh, over your grief and all you do is throw up anyway i threw up the first night the entire time, all I did was puke. Where do you go to do that? Well, I did it in Topanga Canyon okay. in California. Right. Well, that's a problem. There was, <laughs> that's the first mistake. You didn't I have made. a shaman? No, we got him. He came in from New York, right. a guy that's from upstate New York. He's like a real shaman with the leaves and the dancing. And the th- <laughs> and he was hot. It was very confused. The whole thing was very confusing. Is he nude when he like, does this? Is this like a sex cult? Because yeah. so, I'm so in yeah. on this. And then the second night, well, I do have this theory where, because you, know, you sit on a pillow and you just sit there and you know process. I, I have a theory that if you sit on a pillow for six hours without a cell phone you're gonna have some epiphanies like <laughs> yeah. just with how distract- you're, gonna, you're gonna actually be forced to think totally so right. i was just coming to some very obvious conclusions that i probably would have come to anyway if i wasn't addicted to fucking social media but um but the second night i had a couple really um I, I, I didn't hallucinate. I didn't see unicorns. I didn't have any of those experiences i kind of right. like call bullshit on some of that stuff i just i had some very clear like your job is just to su- surprise people it was like a little bit of like a voice that was like, figure out a way to surprise people. Was that like because your father used to like to surprise people? My dad, yes, he used to scare people. That was his favorite thing in the world to do was to like jump out from behind a door. Like Ellen DeGeneres. That's right. So basically, that kind of thing. Yeah. And Is like, that why on the new Netflix special you brought out that robot girl doll? Yes. Because you wanted to surprise people. I wanted something at the end that would actually... So It's so hard to surprise anyone anymore. You know, everyone's yeah. so desensitized and numb and we've seen everything and freaking Reddit and, you know, you can watch any porn now. You are brilliant at surprising. You used to be so like do the most surprising things. Right. I feel like people don't do that anymore. Yeah, I don't know, but 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 uh, I'm just thinking about your father's death for one more second here. Yeah. The other thing you did was your dad used to call himself a lone wolf, so you locked mm-hmm. yourself up with wolves at a wolf sanctuary. <laughs> I did do that. You know, let me ask you, what's wrong with you? That? I know about it, but That's how do I wild. know about it? I keep tabs on you. That's wild. Why would you do now? Wolves to me are uh-huh. dangerous animals, uh-huh. right? I mean, they they're not to be trusted around no. around other animals. Yeah. We are animals. <laughs> 
Well, how do you lock yourself in a wolf sanctuary? I That was another thing I did when my dad passed. I went to this place in Palmdale, California. It's called Wolf Connection, and they take in rescued wolves. People buy wolves online and shit now and try to fight them and give them a kit. People are such more People are fucked up. Fucked up. They buy bears and tigers, and they put them in their basement. It's, it's fucked up. Total fucking madness. Yeah, it's not enough to have a cat or a dog. They it's have, not enough anymore. Yes, yeah, right. so you have to have a bear in your basement. Right. So. Um, there's this place called Wolf Connection and they take in rescued wolves, wolf dogs. Some of them are crossbred, you know, and so a lot of them have been raised by humans. So they're domesticated and you can pet them and you can feed yeah. around them. And it's pretty fucking wild. It's like but when you're in there, you're not scared that they're going to eat you or attack you. I think I secretly wanted, I was so, uh, grief stricken and right. lost when my dad, because I think there was also something so painful about like we never got to, but how about talking to a psychiatrist instead of like locking yourself up in a room with wolves and <laughs> vomiting from ayahuasca? Like that, but why not do something conventional? I, you know, I have been in, in therapy and 12 step programs for a while. I think I was, I was so antsy. Like I just, yeah. I didn't even want to talk about it. It was a kind of grief. I mean, I disappeared for like a year. I You're didn't so talk. interesting. I mean, you really are that you would lock yourself up with wolves. Like, you know, I, guess. I didn't want to talk to people because it's like when, when someone dies, the shit people say is so insane. People will be like, I know what it's like. My um, my goldfish died a couple of years ago. You're like, it's not the same. Right. So I found myself having a hard time. And then people want to go like, well, let me know how I can, how I can help. It's like, can you bring it back to life? Like, or like, <laughs> That'll help. Yeah, or, you know, let me know how I can help. Like, So now I have to think of a chore for So people for you. are not comforting, but the wolves might be. Yes, it's like there's no... Did you ever think about swimming with alligators after you... <laughs> I would, I would think that, that would sounds like some shit I would do. You're so into this animal rescues. I mean, we're pretty, you know, my wife and I are pretty kooky about yeah, it. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But you... I don't did, think so. I think we're sane and everyone else is kooky. Well, didn't you... Um, it. It, it, it was something... Like, this has actually kind of happened to me. Didn't you rescue a paper bag? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it, this is so great because this actually kind of <laughs> happened to me. You're so into animal rescue. You were, yeah. were you were driving along the highway, I, and I saw a, a dog. Puppy. Yeah, it was like a little baby, a and little puppy. It was a puppy in the middle of the road, which I have found so many dogs on the street in California. Like it's unbelievable. There's pit bulls everywhere. I have three dogs that I just found on the street. So but it's day, very dangerous to stop your car in the middle of a highway to go save a dog. But you were willing to do it. But which you know is when so you beautiful. see one and people are driving by and they're not right. stopping and it's like frozen and scared and people probably don't even see it because people are texting and driving. They're so doing, you oh. pull over to the side of the road and I get out and I stop. All the cars, right? Like it's that a huge balls. intersection. People are screaming at me. They're like, "You dumb cunt, bitch, whore!" <laughs> right? And I finally stop everybody, and then I get to this little tiny puppy, and I see that it's a trash bag. Oh, it's bag. <laughs> but I love what you see. I would have done this too. Everyone's yelling at you at this point, screaming. So you rescued the bag, like you picked it up, like it really <laughs> I, you, was a at puppy. that point, you have to go. <laughs> you can't. You can, it's a new truth. You just take it in. Uh, for do- but I can't. You know that I can't with cats. I, there's something I don't understand them. I've tried to rescue cats, and I will. Some, I've called Beth at like two in the morning, right? And she's like, "Just leave it. It lives there. Like it happens all the time." <laughs> I rescued a cat in my neighborhood once. It was out on the street. I take it in. I like fed it for a couple of days. I like took a bunch of pictures for social media. Oh, I heard about this. I posted it on social media. I'm like home. Like, let's find a good home. You know, it's going to involve Beth to try to find someone good to help me. And then my neighbor came over and was like, do you have my cat? Did you just put my cat on Instagram? And I was yeah, like, you posted your neighbor's cat on Instagram. Like, 
was like, oh, are you, they're allowed outside? Well, you know outside? what? You can tell your neighbor from me. No, they shouldn't be outside. Right? If you love your cat, you should keep your cat indoors. Why is it out? Uh, because people are assholes and think it's okay. And then they then they start crying when the... The coyotes the, come? But when the coyotes, coyotes come or yeah, the traffic cat, or whatever. Or the cat gets hit by a yeah. car. They get completely upset. And then they're like, well, asshole, don't let them out. We told you that. Here's something else. I, I rescued a cat at two in the morning in the middle of the night. And in L.A., there's coyotes everywhere, right? So right. I see this cat. It's like right at a stop sign, like on the road. And I see, and there's coyotes. I saw coyotes up on Mulholland. So we get out. I'm with uh, my fiance. I get out, get him. I'm texting with Beth. She's like, okay, go get a bed. Go get this. Go get this food. I go get the stuff. I take it to the vet. I bring it, I run its chip. And they're like, oh, this cat has been in every night for the past five days. Yeah. We call the woman and she's like, it's trying to die. Can you just leave it, please? Oh, my God. She, I guess cats, when they're ready to die, they leave. Oh, bullshit. People Is don't know what's true? I've never heard of that. I was like, well, I don't, what do I do in this? Is this like a, cra-? and she was like, can you just leave it outside? I was like, I don't think that she's ready right. for it to die. Right? Yeah, that's a really good. During the wildfires, didn't you go and rescue a giraffe or something? A giraffe. I went. Yes, there's a place in Malibu that has a giraffe um, that they did not evacuate. Uh, and I actually just went.